0: Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today, the long-awaited signs episode. I think people were beginning to think we were never going to do it.
1: Yeah, I think (laughs) I was beginning to think we were never going to do it. But today... I had a sign that we were going to do this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mainly that I called you and I was like, "Uh, what were we going to talk about today? Which ones have we been saying that we were going to do forever and we haven't done yet? Oh yeah, the signs episode. I would like to first point out, for those of you who missed the initial episode where we talked about the fact that we were going to do an episode about signs, that this is not an episode about the signs you read on a wall, because I looked up signs, quotes, and it's all just like, I saw a sign. Like, for instance, here's one that popped up. In Yellowstone National Park, there are more do not feed the animal signs than there are animals that you might wish to feed. <laughs> not an unprofound thought, I suppose, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not talking about the signs that you see on them. Although there are plenty of good ones. I saw a great sign the other day, which I posted on Twitter, on our Twitter at bittersweet pod, that just said, spoiler alert, in the end you live. Interesting. I thought was kind of an interesting and counterintuitive sign. But again, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when you receive a sign that changes the course of your life. And whether or not that's a real thing. Yes. What do you think, Tiffany?
1: Well, it depends on my mood, whether I believe in signs or not, I think. It depends on the moment in my life, what I'm going through. But let's just say the jury's out. Sometimes I'm really convinced that signs are real. And sometimes the rational side takes over. Yes. What about you? Same.
0: But I think it's funny, because when I think of what a sign is, I think of it as a moment of at least when it comes to my life, a moment of clarity where all of a sudden something that you've been puzzling about, should I do this? Should I do that? All of a sudden seems absolutely clear. This is what you need to do. It's not so much receiving a letter at an important time or something like that. It's more just a notion that pops into my head when I think of a sign that I
1: receive. Does that make sense? Well, do you have an example of something like that that happened to you?
0: Yes. So this is going all the way back into my twenties. <laughs>
1: way <laughs> a back. long Turning time with
0: ago. <laughs> <laughs> Far into the recesses of my past. And I was dating a guy that had been my boyfriend in college. And now we were out of college. And we'd gone through some turbulent times and we'd gone through some great times. And it was coming to be that decision making time of do you stay with this person or do you not? And I was still in that kind of foolish 20-something notion that if you date somebody in college, you should probably marry that person. I don't know where that notion comes from. My upbringing somewhere, I suppose, that you meet somebody in college and you marry that person and you live happily ever after. Hmm. And it was kind of obvious that we weren't going that way. But but for whatever reason, I kept thinking, no, this is going to work. I had been contemplating for a long time what to do about it. And one night I was out In Lower Queen Anne, which is a neighborhood in Seattle that's right by the Space Needle. I had been skateboarding all evening, listening to music, thinking. And I was laying on the top of my car, which was parked just on the street, with my skateboard between my legs, staring up at the stars.
1: Now, Were you alone?
0: I was alone. And all of a sudden I had that notion clear as day in my head that said, you need to leave him. It just struck me because it was so clear and I had been so confused about it for months. You need to leave him and so I think that night or the next day I brought it up and said I think that we need to break up and I think I need to move out and I said I think I'll do it this summer or whatever and he said well if you think you're gonna do it why don't you just do it soon? Why don't you just do it now? So I started looking for an apartment and found one and then the weekend I moved out he just went out of town so that he didn't have to experience it mm. and I moved out but that makes it sound like oh it's so simple that's not a sign at all but it was seemed like a sign because it was just so clear after so long of not being clear does that make sense
1: yeah I th- I don't know if that I would Define that as a sign, though. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like a sign is something external and what you experienced was very internal. Yeah. And I mean, it definitely is a type of a sign in a sense, but I think it's almost more clarity? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's even more, I think like signs, and we're going to probably get into this in a minute, but I think a lot of times the signs that we receive, the stroke of lightning at the moment that I said that, you know, these external things, I think sometimes we put onto those things what we want to believe is a sign. Like you say, oh, I tripped walking into the door of my new house. That must mean I shouldn't live here. You know, something like that. Whereas I do, I think sometimes that is less of a true thing and more of you, oh, I just actually don't, like deep down, I don't like this house. and I don't want to live here. So I'm looking for an excuse. What you experience, I think, is much more real and was really something in your subconscious or something in, you know, if you're religious, you could say it was God telling you which way to go. Some people are probably more receptive to that than others and are able to listen to that kind of inner voice. I'm not sure if I'm making any sense. You are. But yeah, no, I think that's really interesting, actually. And the fact that I don't really consider it a sign does not discount what you experience. I think it makes it even more important.
0: Maybe. uh, Well, tell me your experience of receiving a sign and I'll hold mine up against yours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well... Mine is um, is kind of crazy, or at least to me it was crazy. It probably isn't crazy enough to have been like in a movie. <laughs> what I mean by that is I feel like there's a lot of signs that happen in movies. Yeah. Like in romantic comedies particularly, or in stories about people who go on these amazing inner quests and achieve great things. So I don't think it's that cool. But to be a real-life thing that happened, I thought it was pretty cool. So first of all, I should preface this by saying I spent – several years, well, the first four years, really, that I was in Rome, I spent more or less single. I had a couple of boyfriends, but nothing really, really long-term. I was really happy with that. I'd been in long-term relationships before, pretty much back to long-term relationships, back to back before moving to Rome. And I really was craving independence, just being single and being, quote unquote, footloose and fancy free for a time. And so I was very, very happy with that. And I wasn't looking for a serious relationship that I knew at least. One day I was in the States. I was I was actually home for Christmas. My grandmother, my paternal grandmother had recently died. And I was never very close with her and she had lots and lots of grandchildren. And I, of course was far away and I wasn't able to make it to the funeral and etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And so I did not receive any of her personal items. And that was fine with me. I mean, I didn't presume to receive any of them. And I I assumed that her daughter, my aunt, would be getting, you know, the majority of her jewelry and things like that. And I was over at my dad's and my stepmother had this little satchel, uh, like a jewelry satchel. And she said, you know, I have a few things that were your grandmother's that nobody else really claimed. If you want to take a look and if you want to have something, go ahead. And so I opened up this little bag and it was, you know, very humble things. I'm obviously the good stuff. (laughs) I hate to say that, but the good stuff had already been taken. There were a couple of gold chains and a jade ring. And then there was this gold wedding band. And that really just, I like, you know, obviously immediately picked out this gold wedding band. And my first thought was to see if there was an inscription so I immediately looked into it and it said Charles and Susie December 25th 1861. I did some calculations and I you know asked my dad a couple things and I realized that this was the wedding ring of my great-great-grandmother and so I was like, this is mine. Yeah. <laughs> I am taking this. And there was also a very, very long gold chain, like a chain that would hang down like to my navel. And I took that as well. And so I started wearing this gold wedding ring of my great-great-grandmothers around my neck. And one day I was hanging, this is a couple months later, I was in, back in Rome hanging out with some friends, and I was telling them this story that I just told you. And I looked at the date of this ring again, December 25th, 1861. It was early 2008 by this point. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be married by 150 years of this date. And my friend was like, it was a guy friend of mine. He's like, that's a weird random thing to say. I didn't even know you wanted to get married. And I said, I didn't even (laughs) either. It's like, I, I don't have a boyfriend. I'm not looking to get married. But for some reason, this sort of phrase, like it flew out of my mouth without me even thinking about it without premeditating it I'm going to be married within 150 years of this date which would be of course 2011 okay so time goes by and that same year I met Claudio and we started dating and I continue to wear this ring around my neck not every single day but I really like to wear it and um, about eight months into our relationship or maybe maybe nearly a year we started talking about getting married and He didn't propose or anything, but we were talking about it. It was in the dialogue. I kind of knew that he was going to ask me eventually, sooner or later. And I said, oh, but you know, you should know my mother is going to give me her diamond engagement ring whenever the day comes that I get married. So don't go out and buy a diamond if and when you propose to me because I have a really nice one that's my mom's. (laughs) And he was like, well, how would I propose to you if I didn't have a ring? And I said, oh, I have a great idea. Take this ring. It was my great grandmother's ring don't lose it and if you break up with me you better give it back to me but take this ring and when the day comes that you want to propose to me propose to me with this ring so he took this ring and time went by another five or six months or something and he eventually ended up proposing to me on Christmas day of 2009 and after I of course accepted and we were engaged excited excitement, excitement I said, you obviously looked at the date on the ring. That's why you chose to propose to me on December 25th. And he was like, "What date?" And he had never looked inside and thought the date was December 25th, but he proposed to me on December 25th, and we got married in 2011, which was exactly 150 years after the date of that ring—not to the day, but to the year.
0: Hmm. See, that's that's on a tricky sign line, too, isn't it? Because you knew that he was going to propose. And you probably knew that you were going to say yes. Yeah, but that doesn't so mean it becomes more like a coincidence that he asked on the right day.
1: See, now you're ruining my story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, what was it a sign to you of at that point?
1: You know what? I think more than that, the date, the the proposal being a sign. I honestly think that thing that I said to my friend was the sign that. And it wasn't a sign, and it was kind of like the similar thing to you. It wasn't really a sign, an external sign. It was sort of like me, for the first time in my life, opening myself up to the possibility of meeting my life partner. Mm -hmm. I think you have to be in kind of the right mental state to recognize that person when they come along. Because I think a lot of times when you don't feel ready to get married or to make that kind of a commitment, You purposefully sort of maybe choose the wrong person or I just want to have, you know, a kind of casual relationship right now. I don't want to take anything seriously. And so I think sometimes when you make a a statement like that, it doesn't necessarily have to be just for a relationship. It could be, I'm going to get my master's degree. You know, you put it out there in the world. And then in a kind of synchronicity type way, you become part of the, I can't, I can't describe what I'm trying to say, but somehow you're, you're opening yourself up for the things to happen that need to happen. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm a firm believer in synchronicity. I know. Let's just say. I know. Yes, you know, because it, it plays into my, in my book.
0: I know. It's like one of the most lovely things about your young adult novel is how synchronicity is,
1: plays a role. It's a mi- middle grade, middle grade. Sorry, just to be middle specific, grade. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I don't know the differentiation. <laughs> I've read it, it's great. The rest of you can read it sometime next year. But anyway, I'm wondering too if that's that's still, are we still not getting to what a sign is? When you were telling that story, I was reminded of a period of time where I was in the depths of this really deep emotional moment that involved three people and thinking about everything that had happened with the three of us. Uh, I was out on a dock on a bench in rural Minnesota, crying my eyes out. And I looked out and three shooting stars went over my head. See, that's a sign. That's really a sign. sign. All I took it to be was, you're not alone. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's okay. That is the end of this story.
1: Yeah, you kind of, that's the point of signs. I think you have to be the one to interpret them. And depending on maybe even your personality, you might interpret a sign in a different way. Right. You know what? That just made me think of something. I don't know if you're going to remember this, Uh but you were with me when it happened. It was very, very shortly before I moved to Rome. It was the summer before I moved to Rome and I spent that summer in Seattle. You might remember. I do. And it was a really wonderful summer. We spent a bit of time together if if I remember. And it was right before I was leaving. We were somewhere in Seattle sitting on a green hill I have no idea where we were. Where on we a were. I have no hill, memory. A green hill. We were on a green hill and there were clover all over this hill. And we were sort of just like sitting cross-legged in front of each other talking. And we were talking about the future and my plans and yada, yada. And I just looked down. I just looked down. And the first thing I saw was a four-leaf clover. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Yes, Vaguely. And I picked this four leaf clover, and I and I took that to be a sign of good luck for my adventure, my enterprise moving to <laughs> moving to Rome. Yeah, hey, and it all worked out. And it, well, <laughs> that's debatable. <laughs> when I think about that first year, and I think about all the bad luck, the incredible bad luck that I had that first year. I mean, I could so easily have taken any of those things as signs that I wasn't supposed to be there. Right. You know, that's why, again, I I said, it really depends on your personality, how you interpret signs, and which signs you choose to accept as signs, and which signs you think are say are just, well, that's a coincidence.
0: Yeah, right. Because you're not, like, for instance, if you're in my first example of whether or not to leave that boyfriend, if things had been going well, and I had been randomly laying on the top of my car thinking, and I'd gotten a notion that said, you should leave him, I would have thought no I shouldn't but I already knew that that was probably the right thing to do
1: and how do you know when you get these internal signs like how do you know that it's something real and it's not just like some random stupid thought you had because I mean I don't know about you but I sometimes get like the the craziest thoughts pop into my head that are not things that I believe are coming from God or from my deepest soul or Mm -hmm. that are just weird random things yeah they're just like blips how do you know when to trust something like that? I don't
0: know. I wrote a story once, a radio drama once. That's entire premise was about, it starts with a guy who, I think he's on a crowded bus. He's a perfectly normal, average dude. You know Nothing remarkable about him. Lived his life as a pretty nice guy. And he looks across at this woman who's on the bus and he gets this notion in his head, that's clear as day that says, you need to kill her. Oh, my God. And that's the beginning of the drama that I wrote. And why does he oh, need you to kill her? Oh, you wrote this? And,
1: and, yeah, and does oh, he I do said. Oh, I thought you said you saw it. You didn't realize no, you wrote no. it. No, no. How would I know it if I saw it?
0: I would be like, that guy's thinking he's going to kill that woman. <laughs> no, I wrote it. But that was sort of one of those things about uh, that whole story is trying to tease out, is that a notion that's legit? Or is that something that's in him yeah. that's latent? So not that the story will ever enter the world,
1: but... It's hard to know. It's hard to know. And people have very different opinions. Here is what Claire from Croatia, who you have interviewed. Yes. And uh, again, you've interviewed... We're going to have a, another follow-up interview with her coming up soon. Very soon, yeah. But um, when we put the question out to our listeners, have you ever had a sign... She said, hmm, no signs here, only logical conclusions. The brain looks for patterns and approval to validate decisions. Hashtag rational. <laughs> uh, oh, Claire. Yeah, so she's, she's a bit rational. My, but
0: My love of Claire with that response. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, oh. you do have to consider that. I read a book a couple years ago on neurology, and it was written by a neurologist, and he basically talks in very easy terms to understand for those of us who are not doctors or scientists. He talks about the brain and all of the things that the brain does. And when you think you're experiencing deja vu, it's because of this. And if you think you're experiencing God, it's actually this. And if you think you're experiencing whatever, incarnation, it's actually, you know, and he had all of these rational explanations for everything. It's kind of a downer <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but you do have to consider that in, in light of the modern science evidence that we have, maybe it's true. Maybe we just look for things that we want to validate, you know, what our desires are. What do you think?
0: I think it probably is true. Yeah i think it probably is true but i also think that one of the things that i like about you and me is while we are practical and intelligent people we are also magical thinkers to a certain degree oh i
1: believe in magic absolutely i believe in santa claus too i mean that's just an (laughs) aside but i won't put that out there no I, i i am definitely a magical thinker i believe in unexplained things there are more things heaven and earth that can be dreamed in your philosophy as the bard said yes I got another tweet or we got another tweet from Christine Cantera who says a cab driver told me that I could leave I could just leave my boyfriend of seven years I did I moved to Rome three days later wow would you consider that to be a sign? I mean, I don't know the details of the story. I wonder, was she chatting with him? Was she telling him of her problems with her boyfriend's and he's, his boyfriend and he said, just leave him? Or did he just out of the blue say, hey, leave your boyfriend as they were driving down the road? That would make a big difference in the story.
0: Yeah, that's true. I do think that there are moments when you are talking to a friend or a stranger even when they say something that for whatever reason hits you as exactly the right answer mm-hmm. that you've been searching for. And... I mean, we all in every conversation try to give each other helpful advice and guidance and I'll tell you my experience to help you with your experience and that sort of thing. But every now and then you just have those conversations where it hits it dead on. You feel like the person totally gets what's going on inside you and just like a laser can tell you what to do. And I don't know if that's a sign either. I had that one experience, I always joke that um, this is the reason why this, my friendship with my friend Kirk existed even though we're still friends, but was this one night when we were in our 20s, 22, 23 years old, and we had gotten out of college and we were sitting in a hot tub together. And he just was so confused about what he should do with his life. And he said, you've known me for a long time. What do you think I should be? And I didn't think about it. It just came to me instantly. I said, you should be a firefighter. He said, well, why? And I said, well, three reasons. You like to work out, you like to help people, and you're hot enough to be in a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's a bit of a thrill seeker. That, too, that could have been on the list. But like I said, I I didn't think that through. The cab driver didn't think that through. But for him, it was the right answer
1: at the time. He became a firefighter?
0: Yeah, he did, and he loves it.
1: That's awesome. That's really, really cool.
0: Yeah. So you
1: were his sign.
0: feel like if nothing else... I've known Kirk so that I could tell him what direction to put his life in, in that regard. And it wasn't even that I thoughtfully thought it through. It's just that it just struck me as the right answer. I only had that one other time where I met this magician whose name was Sean. And I said, you know, I can't believe that your name is Sean. It's just too common for how remarkable of a human being he was. And he said, well, what would my name be? And I said, I don't know, something like Dante the Magician. And... Got stuck, and to this day, he's still Dante the magician out there working in the world. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I met him.
1: That is awesome. <laughs> to rename him. Wow. Maybe maybe you should change your career path and start. I don't know, like a cross between a life coach and a psychic. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe we should do an episode where I just act as an oracle and I'll just like throw out (laughs) random (laughs) advice to people (laughs) who write
1: in and ask like
0: questions. Write in, call in. (laughs) Write in, yeah. Send us your voice memos and be like, what should I do about this? And I'll just, the first thing that comes to my head, I'll just say it. And you can see if it hits laser <laughs> on to, to how to how you're feeling or what you've been thinking anyway. Uh, well, before we end, I want to read one more email. And thank you, by the way, for everyone who wrote in and thought, shared your thoughts about signs. Obviously, I don't think we're going to come to any conclusions here. Let's see. Noemi wrote us. This tells me how long ago it was. She said that we originally mentioned that we were going to do a signs episode in episode number 146. So... She writes, Hi, ladies. I'd love to share my experience with a message from the universe I received, also known as my mom. Which sort of goes along with what we're talking about here these people that say the right advice. I grew up in Rock Island, Washington, which is in central Washington, and I went to the local high school. No one in my family had gone to college, and since I was pretty good in school, my family put some pressure on me to attend college. It's not like I didn't have the resources to gather information on which schools to attend. It's that I didn't have the motivation or the courage to leave my family and confront the reality that is living elsewhere. My friends told me that they expected me to go to college, too. There was this pressure I put on myself as well, so I applied to Central Washington University and got accepted. I procrastinated terribly in completing the necessary financial forms because I secretly hoped it would all magically get handled. Of course, that did not happen. I told all of my friends and family that I had been accepted and the night leading up to my parents driving me to SWU, I panicked and had an anxiety attack and cried to my mother to let me stay. She cradled me, looking at me with confusion and said, Por que no quieres ir? That's probably about right, sort of right, which means why don't you want to go? I cried and cried and cried for days. Days turned to months and my mom finally said, You have to do something. You can't be in bed all day and not work. I started hanging out with my friends again. They would tell me how worried they were and hoped I was doing okay. They asked me why I didn't go to college, why I never left. I would just tell them I couldn't leave my family, which is not a complete lie. The truth was that I lived in a fantasy world most of my life. One I created after hardships I had endured as a child. One that would let me escape. Going off to college meant I would lose the security blanket I had quilted and would mean starting over again. I was so scared of what that meant, of possibly confronting my old demons. How could I admit this to anyone? Who would understand? So I stayed at home for a year after graduating high school, and one day my mother said she had a friend in Seattle that could rent me a room if I got a job and went to school. I had been going to Mill Creek, Washington for a few years for my orthodontist visit, and I loved it every time we went the atmosphere, the nature, the color, all the things that made me feel alive. I was delighted to hear this news from my mom and immediately set out to Craigslist to find a job. A sub shop responded to my inquiry and I set out for Seattle the next day. I was hired almost immediately. It was summertime and they were in desperate need. I was eager and excited to start this new chapter of my life. It was as though life was blessing me with a new chance to start fresh, where I didn't have to hide or be afraid of what people might say. I cut ties with people that were only there in the good times and made an effort to keep the ones who loved me most very close. Every day I thank God or the universe, I'm not sure who or what, for this blessing. It was presented to me and I received it humbly. Not a day goes by that I don't miss my hometown and the friends I grew up with, but I know this sign was meant for me. I now take an online course to receive my bachelor's in healthcare administration and I live in a cozy home in Mount Lake Terrace. There are days that still frighten me, and it's hard to remember how to climb out of the hole. But the moment my brain gets it together, I remember to breathe, to smile, to live. Thank you so much for letting me share. Noemi.
1: Oh, thanks, Noemi.
0: There's a lot in there. A lot in there. But again, I think that treads more into what I would call a person with the right advice at the right time.
1: But maybe that is a
0: sign. Maybe we don't actually know what we're talking about here.
1: I don't know, but I feel like sometimes it really it's a combination of two things. Yes, there is some kind of external or maybe internal prodding like when you had your sign, but I also think you have to be ready. And you know, she got accepted to Central Washington University. Some people could consider that a sign. She chose not to take that because she wasn't ready. It wasn't the right moment and she somehow knew it. So It's hard. It's really hard to define signs, and I'm not so convinced that they actually do exist. People
0: offering you an opportunity at the moment that you're ready. Yeah. I used to always say, when I had a bunch of interns when I worked for NPR, and I would often frequently get the question of, how do you prepare? How do you get ready for a career? What do you do if there's no job prospects on the horizon? And I used to always say that what I did when I was being an intern was... I just kept working at learning the craft that I was hoping to work in so that when the doors did start to fly open, that I would be ready to walk through the door. And in my case, it took something like two years before there was even an opportunity to get a job at the place I was hoping to work. And so I just kept plugging away and plugging away at it. But then when the doors opened, they opened fast. And so
1: you never know. Yeah, there's also a Zen, I don't know if it's Zen or Buddhist or what, but there is some quote out there that I believe is of Eastern origin that says, when the student is ready, the master will appear. Yeah, I like that. Also, another similar Western one is, it's not exactly the same thing. It's different, but it's kind of in the same theme. Leap and the net will appear. So who knows? We don't know what we're talking about, quite frankly. But we like talking about it, and we like hearing what you guys have to say about it. So please continue to write in, even if we're not throwing out questions. We really love hearing from you. We love reading your emails, but we also really would love to get some voice messages as well. And if we get some interesting ones, um, we're really hoping to share some on the show and to talk about them. So please do... Write in or call in, not call in, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So please do write to us or send us a voice message, a voice memo, or however you want to do that. Or, you know, find us on social media. You can look for us on Facebook at The Bittersweet Life Podcast or at Twitter at Bittersweet Pod. Yes. And
0: I want to say a thank you this week to Terry, Lynn, Scott, John, and Arda, all of whom recently donated to the show uh you can expect a handwritten thank you note in the mail soon and i just want to thank you guys because we can't really keep the show going without support from people like you to help us pay all the bills associated with it and to keep us encouraged so thank you yes thank you so Terry, much Lynn, scott john and arda for taking the plunge this week and for the kind words you wrote when you donated And if you enjoy the show and you want it to continue, I encourage you to click the word donate in the upper right corner of the bittersweetlife.net.
1: Yes. And or either, please do write us a review on iTunes. We really can't tell you how much that helps. It helps us go higher in the iTunes rankings, if that makes sense. And that means that more people find us. So it really, really does help us if you rate the show. And if you write a review, that's even better. And please tell your friends about us. We're really hoping to uh, take this show to the next level. And we can't do it without your help. That's the truth. Yeah, I know.
0: It is true. And not to mention the um, unquantifiable thing that is encouragement. <laughs> like when you do independent art, all of you artists, travel bloggers, folks out there, you know when you're building something how much work it is and how much you feel like you are alone in a vacuum building that and so hearing from people is just sometimes exactly what I need and I find if we're going to talk about signs I find that in the lowest moment I was having a particularly low moment with all the things that I had to do editing wise and for the show this week or last week I can't remember when and that was when I received the email that I got this donation from Scott and I had never heard from Scott before and with these kind words about what the show meant to him and how he found it and it was like literally like a somebody tapping a wand on my shoulder and being covered with sprinkles you know i was like oh this is why we do it you know, <laughs> for people like scott that i didn't even know was out there listening actually at that moment it was like a sign you're doing something keep going kid keep going you know so maybe in some ways just sending us a note is a sign that we should keep going so thank you thank you yeah and with that profound thought we should leave it there yeah and until next time this is the bittersweet life i'm katie sewell i'm tiffany parks join us again bye we welcome your questions and your feedback reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com that's bittersweetlife at mail.com